every entrepreneur now has a responsibility if they've got the capability to build business to do some good with that business. Hello and welcome to the Centre for Entrepreneurs podcast series. The Centre for Entrepreneurs, home of the NEF Fast Track programme, is a leading entrepreneurial foundation. We support the entrepreneurial doers and makers who change lives and grow Britain. My name is Laura Campbell. Join me in this podcast series as I talk to the brightest and best of the entrepreneurial community. Today I'm here with Eric Fairburn of Podpoint discussing his value-added business. So Eric, welcome to the Centre for Entrepreneurs' first podcast of this year. Um, What I want to ask you is uh, what motivated you to set up your business? Um, great question, and thanks, Laura. So pleased to be here. Um, th- for me, so, so my current business, Podpoint, wasn't my first business. I'd actually done a, a previous business and sort of you know, created a business, sold a business. Um, but my, my first business very much wasn't a, um, uh, you know, in any way motivated by any sort of ethical um, ideals, ideals, really. So I've had a supercar club, which you joined and paid £10,000 to join, and you got access to a range of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. This was in 2005 to 2008. Um, so, so really a sort of, you know, a members club for wealthy people who love cars, I suppose. Um, and uh, I, I took that through a sort of standard entrepreneurial cycle, started it, um, ran that business, built it up and then sold it to a competitor. And, and it was really after that first business, I said, what did I learn from that? And I said, I absolutely love um, building businesses, building teams, everything to do with entrepreneurship. Um, but really giving wealthy people supercars for their, to, to enjoy themselves, I didn't yeah. think was really moving the world forward. And I said, well, I really want my, uh, my career as an entrepreneur to, to do two things. I want to do the traditional entrepreneurship, you know, build value. But actually, vitally, I want to do that in an area that I can look back and say I'm proud. I, you know, before Have impact. I, yeah, absolutely. So everything I've done you know, has been net good. Um, uh, and, and to really get to that, because um, I said, well, I've got to find something that fits with my, uh, my belief set and what I'm good at and the things that I've been good at and done for many many years was to do with sort of automotive and cars and um, so I said well if I can help us move from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles that would be a really good thing because I can see it's big enough and scalable enough to be exciting for an entrepreneur and also if we can obviously solve air quality and carbon and particulates um, then that would be a really useful thing and if you know my contribution through Podpoint is a small part of moving the entirety of the UK and later the world onto electric vehicles and clean, clean transport then that would be a wonderful thing. Fantastic. So um, what do you define as a value-adding business? So why do you think that social entrepreneurship is is such a big thing at the moment? Um, I, I guess I've, I've sort of seen over you know, 11 years since I started Podpoint, and I, I think it was quite an outspoken thing to do 11 years ago to kind of combine um, you know, entrepreneurship with doing some good. They were almost seen as conflicting. You were either a charity or you were a... Um, you know, a you know, corporate that, enterprise to, yeah, to provide shareholder value in things. Um, but I think what's wonderful is today that's no longer true, is it really? It's really accepted and almost, I think, to the point where I think that every entrepreneur now has a responsibility if they've got the capability to build business to do some good with that business. Um, and I think that's gone from a sort of, you know, quite niche piece of thinking to very, very much mainstream. And I think that's wonderful. I think, you know, I don't believe that entrepreneurship can solve every single problem that the world's got, but I do think it can address a number of them. Um, you know, whether it's my case of, um, uh, you know, sorting out air quality um, or all of the other sort of challenges we've got around there. Entrepreneurs are a, a breed who have a skill to bring people with them um, and they should make sure that they're addressing some sort of societal challenge as part of what they're doing. Fantastic. And um, 
So that brings us to the big question. What problem does your business actually solve? Yeah, what well, does question. So I, I, I suppose the answer really is my, my business is all around what we talk about as air quality. So um, I guess when I founded Podpoint, actually, we were talking about the ozone layer and fuel economy. And over time, that's gone through sort of carbon emissions and particulates. And we, we sort of use the general over to, overall term of air quality. But um, uh, over the sort of 11 years that I've been doing that, air quality is now understood as being you know one of the very serious things that's particularly in the... Uh, um, in our cities and things that we really need to address uh, and if we don't we've got some very significant uh, issues coming our way uh, and similarly um, you know our carbon output then we've really got a you know the government's making lots of targets around what we should be you know, fully carbon neutral by 20, 2050 but the reality is if we're going to hit the two degree pathway we've really got to move a lot faster than that so so, so Podpoint is a combined um, approach towards solving air quality but also to reducing the amount of carbon um, and the way that we're doing that is we're building the charging networks which are required to, for the mass adoption of electric vehicles um, and over 10 years I'd like to think we've done a reasonable job got an awful lot still to go so I sort of think you know 10 years is and we're still at the very beginning um, but now there is a national network of charging points and a large percentage of that has been delivered by Podpoint um, and we've got a bit more to do but it is now very much a practical proposition to buy and own an electric car in the UK yeah. um, and I like to think that, uh, that Podpoint has been a, a small contribution to making that real. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I do see uh, a lot of popularity uh, growing around this around this area. I mean, very recently, the BBC did a BBC show on this where yep. they looked, they discussed about how um, electric cars are, are growing in number and, and how more and more families are adopting this. Um, so in terms of the environment, what is that your main motivator or...? or? Yeah, absolutely. So I always say, you know, the thing, if you're going to go and start a business, then you've got to have something which gets you out of bed every single morning and running to the office to do, to, to build that business. Um, and, and, and for some people that, that could be financial gain. For me personally, it isn't. For me, the thing that gets me up every single morning is I want to go and um, build something which I can look back on and say I'm proud. You know, I, I built this thing and it moved the world forward. And, and obviously in my case, that's the air quality and the carbon agenda. Um, but, but I think whatever you choose to do as an entrepreneur, you've got to find something that you're passionate enough that we will get up every single morning and in, in reality for most of us entrepreneurship is not a few months it's, it's years yeah. so what can you find that you can consistently be motivated yeah. for 10 years your meaning your purpose uh, very much so and, and yeah having a purpose is absolutely fundamental and I use this sort of general term of purpose-driven business um, yeah. and I think that's absolutely fundamental if you if you understand why it is that you're doing something then that motivates yourself and if you can explain why you're doing something to someone else and that resonates with them you've suddenly got this really powerful way of getting other people to come with you on sure. your mission so so podpoint's headline strapline is that we think travel shouldn't damage the earth and i can go and find people i say well, you know I'm, I'm building a business which is helping make sure that travel doesn't damage the earth do you believe in that yeah i believe in that some people say no i don't believe in that and that's sure, fine sure. but it's quite a polarizing thing so when you're looking for all of the things you need to build a business whether it's finance team members you know all the different functions that you need you can sort of go in and say this is fundamentally why i'm here and what i'm doing do you wish to be a part of that um, and people either say, I really want to be a part of that or not. But you very rarely get apathy. It's not a sort of mess kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, I really want to make my career part of you know, supporting sure. that mission of travel, not damaging the earth. Or I don't. But once yeah. you've got those people that do, they're really loyal and they really want to make it happen. Because it, it's 
they're there for a reason and it's a job almost second and yeah. of course you've got to pay them and you know, do all the sensible sure. job things and look after them as people as well but but it's a very powerful motivating factor and i found that to be a really useful thing in growing a business so i'm a strong supporter in having having a mission or you know, yeah a, 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 a mission-led purpose. business they so. do say that you know if you if you have a why you can do any how so yeah, you know yeah. it's very much and i think the, the why is very very powerful and it also helps you explain to people what it is you're doing so sure. um, you know we often talk about it you know when, when someone buys one of our products we don't say thank you for buying one of our products. We say thank you for coming on our journey to rid the world of carbon and, yeah. and, and solve air quality because that's in reality what they're doing. They're now part of a movement with I us. Mean, I mean, I, I think there's very few people nowadays who would, who would you know, go against you on, on that unless they're President Trump necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think there's a real movement towards electric cars. Yeah. And I, I'm almost, I'm very excited today to be speaking to you about it because I know that culturally this is a big shift that's going that's going on um so how, how have you found that the opinion around electric cars has changed over the last 10 years um i guess we've, we've really seen it from um you know day north almost from when the whole concept of a car being electric was 10 years ago just seen as a bit of a crazy idea really so um and i think we've seen it go through the full spectrum from it's a crazy idea all the way through to it's a very very niche thing that only sort of you know real sort of electric car enthusiasts engage with sure. all the way through to where we are now and electric vehicles are you know three and a half percent of new car sales in august of this year i think so it's yeah. so beginning to get a little bit of traction but but really starting to enter the psyche of the majority and people now understand you know, you know what comes out the back of internal combustion engines is not great, um, and it's you know it does does all of us bad. So we do need to solve it, and electric vehicles are one of the solutions which can help address that problem. Other things sure. we need to do for air quality and things as well, of course, but electric vehicles are one of the key solutions. And it's really been a pleasure, I think, to be part of not just building an organisation that does that, but to a certain extent being part of the messaging and part of the story in our own way, which helps the world yeah. and certainly the UK move towards the fact that electric vehicles are one of the things we need to, to use in order to solve air quality. And um, from the beginning, um, what were the challenges that you first, you first had to overcome? And over time, how have those challenges changed? Um, it changed immensely, really. So, I mean, over over ten years, I guess you know the, the reality of. <laughs> so, I, I guess when I, I talk about entrepreneurship, you, you know, the, the reality is you make an you have an enormous amount of challenges, and you make an enormous amount of mistakes as you address all of those challenges. And if you're extremely lucky, you manage to survive long enough to, to build a business which is good. Um, but but I guess really the challenges move from obviously when we started the business, we were selling a, a thing to charge a car that was electric, and there were no electric cars. So you know, very early on, um, getting anybody to buy any of our products and because you know, you know our belief is that you can um, use entrepreneurial endeavor in order to, to solve um, air quality then we had to have a sort of commercial model which worked um, and, and that was relatively difficult and then for a while you had to have a certain size team so to sort of develop our products and develop our solutions and all the rest of it that required a certain amount of team and just wasn't enough sales uh, across the UK to work um, and then all the way through accelerating 10 years to now when almost you've got the other challenge which is the whole thing is scaling so quickly now is how on earth do we scale the business at a rate keep to going, keep up yeah. with everything that's going um, and and almost everything in between so you know over 10 years you've gone from a uh, tiny little idea that no one wants almost to uh, everybody's beginning to want one of these and how the heck are we going to keep up um, and everything in between over 10 years so you know we could probably fill an entire podcast on some of the uh, experiences of how you build a business and I'm sure you know a lot of entrepreneurs will tell the same stories but the reality is 
you've just got to find something that keeps you going all the way through this and just every single morning, what gets me up, what gets me running at this um, and whatever good and bad happened yesterday, how do I wake up fresh the next morning and have another go at this? Because it really, sure. my, my experience of entrepreneurship, it isn't, it isn't large step changes. It's just incremental every single day. I did go a little bit in the right direction, a little bit further in the right direction. Um, and if you keep doing that for a long enough period of time um, and you get enough people to, uh, to follow on what you're doing and believe in what you're doing, you can create quite interesting things. And what's the biggest mistake that you had when you first began? And if you could go back and change one thing about the whole of the process, what would it be? Um, I, I guess in many ways, the, the, the thing that I got wrong was the timing, really. So um, in 2009, um, I, I founded PodPoint, and it wasn't really and probably until 2012 or 13 that any electric vehicles of any significance really arrived on the market in any volume um so so the, the slightly facetious answer to your question is i think the thing i got wrong was i probably should have just not done anything for the first three years in reality i'm not sure we, we did much in the first three years um if we're lucky we stayed still and if we're unlucky we went backwards for three years um but but the reality was although we didn't really do much in terms of traditional business metrics we learned our craft a little bit so um you know while there wasn't many customers we just figured out what our business could do and how to do it and how to build products and all these other things and it just then meant that as the as the market picked up we could um but um i always find the you know biggest mistake question relatively difficult because the truth is we've made thousands of mistakes we make them every single day um and the reality is that, that what you have to do i think as a successful entrepreneur is really embrace the fact that you're going to make numerous mistakes and your team will make numerous mistakes and just make sure when you do make a mistake you don't repeat it just always learn from each of those little things um and that's the way that you you become successful over time i think you know very difficult to do um truly new things and tends you, you tend to trip up a few times on the way Fantastic. And in terms of your team, um, how, how much value do you find to your, your, each individual in your team? How, how did you come about developing your team? Um, so I guess the, the mission bit that we talked about earlier was a very, very key, or still is a very, very key part of our of our sort of um, finding new people. So the first thing we've done is, you know, as soon as anybody, we're trying to find a new person for the role, the first thing we want to ask them is, you know, why, why do you want to work here? And if their answer is, because I fundamentally believe that solving air quality is important, or I fundamentally think that electric vehicles are an important next step, then that's the first thing we want to know from them. And if they say, I just want a job, then we say, well, probably not, not here. Um, really, what we want is people are passionate about what we're doing um, and I hope that's meant that, that we've built a, a team that really has the same you know generally speaking the same values and the same reasons for turning up and that means that they're a very resilient and resourceful team because they really want this to happen and it's not just a job it's actually a mission that they've said I'm going to spend my career um, making sure that travel doesn't damage the earth and I'm going to do it with this team of people so it's the mission thing has been really powerful in helping us find and uh, build up a team over the years. Fantastic and in terms of your um in terms of your business, um, how, how did you scale it? What was what was the biggest factor that you found in, in terms of limiting your your um, growth? Um, I think it's a really interesting question because um, my experience of the startup phase and the scale up phase is they're very very different and they require very very different skill sets really. Um, uh, and you know you, you go from a phase in your business where you're as as the entrepreneur you know everything that's going on in every intricate detail and every project you're part of and all the rest of it to to, to a very different phase where you just have to have a, a more generalized view across everything that's going on and, and over time learn to trust the members of your team that you don't really know precisely what's going on over there but you've got the right people looking after it um, and that that's a very very interesting thing. 
Um, and I think also that um, it's, it, it's not unheard of, but it's relatively rare that small businesses have physical products. They have to build something and put it in a box and ship it. You know, lots of businesses, obviously, that you, you entrepreneurial businesses almost try and avoid that and become software businesses and businesses that have very low friction to scale. Um, the, re- the reality of um, you know, electric vehicle charging is you've got to both build a thing and help someone install that thing. So it's a relatively high friction to scale. So to double the size of your business, um, then you have to have double the number of things being built, double the number of people installing. It's, it's a relatively complex thing. Um, but I just think that's inherent in what we're doing. So you just have to have to get used to that. And the challenge of scaling is just, I, I sort of liken it to you know, spinning plates in a circus act, really. Um, you've got all these different elements of your business. You've got finance and marketing and sales and production and software mm. and all these other elements and, and and what you have to do as the entrepreneur is you have to watch all of them and you have to watch the one that's sort of wobbling a little bit and then you have to run over there and give that a little bit of energy or, or help that team a little bit and then you while you're watching over there oh that one's wobbling a bit now run over there give that one a little help so it's all about that having that ability to you sort of the the thing that I, I think good entrepreneurs do is they just have enough knowledge about every area of their business that they can be capable of having a sensible conversation about it. And I don't need to be the world's greatest social marketer. I don't need to be the world's greatest salesperson. I don't need to be the world's greatest technical person. But I just have to have a general overview of all of those areas. Uh, and if you can do that and you can go and find good people and then you're able to talk to those good people and you know at a reasonably in-depth level, then you can suddenly help have other people start scaling different areas of your business. And that really is the difference between the, the startup phase where you are all of the projects personally to the scale up phase where you're starting to sort of really hand out whole chunks of your business to other people and just trust them to run with it. And that, that's a journey that all entrepreneurs have to go through. I think it's, it's, it's a wonderful, it's a privilege to have done done that already um, and looking forward to doing some more of it. But it, it, it's a very different skill set, managing people versus managing the task, I suppose. Yeah, I can imagine. And in terms of um, your business, um, in what separates it? You were talking about of how a business is only a business if it's generating money. Um, so how long before your business was generating money? And what would you say to all those people out there who have a fund, who are listening to this podcast and wanting to set up a business that has value, but are worried about the fact that it might land up going, you know, not generating that income that they necessarily want? Yeah. So I think to a certain extent, don't be don't be too paralysed by it. So um, the, the reality is that a lot of entrepreneurs start a lot of businesses and not every single one of them works. And, it, and if, if you concentrate on that too much, it can sort of paralyse you and prevent you from getting started on things and um, but but also I have this sort of concept that that, that that when you start a business you don't have all of the answers I, I'm not capable of sitting in a room and sort of thinking through a business and thinking through every element of it all I all I manage to do is I think about in very broad strokes what are the main things and then I just sort of figure well if I get started in that general direction then I'll figure about figure it out on the journey a little bit really um, and that means that you've, you've got to have some general idea so you've got to go in with a business plan which says you know I'm going to do x y and z uh, and and the thing that will make that a sustainable business in, in two senses the words sustainable from a sort of um, you know, society or the environment sense but also sustainable from a business thing and um, you know one of the things I often say to my, my team is you know our mission is travel doesn't damage the earth but if we go bust then we won't contribute towards travel going damaging not damaging the earth so we have to manage those two two slightly conflicting requirements and um, but but that's quite doable. So you do have to have what is my business model that allows my thing that I want to contribute to contribute at scale because I find most things you can't solve on your own. You have to kind of create a movement behind yourself or a company behind yourself or something with some scale which enables you to move whatever your um, agenda is forward. Um, and to do that, you need to have a way for me or as a company, you have to have a way that that company has some form of sort of financial 
sensibleness to it. Um, but also, um, you know, lots of business, some businesses are profitable immediately. Other businesses, you have to raise lots of money for them. And inherently, they have a, you know, the hockey stick where you have to pile investment in before you start to see a return from them. And you've really just got to assess different businesses on and work it out. But you don't have to have the whole thing solved to start, I think. Just as long as you've got a general idea of, I'm going to do this, it's going to solve that problem. And roughly, this is the way that money will flow through that business to make it sustainable for the long term. If you've got that bit. That's a good enough thing to start, and you'll figure the rest out on route. Fantastic. And in terms of your um, cash flow, in terms of your business, did you start with a business plan? Did you did your business go to a business plan? Um, and uh, how how where were your income streams? And and your uh, did you decide to go VC or crowdfunding? Yeah. What were your what was your funding model? So I guess over the ten years um, or eleven years of Podpoint, I've I've probably leveraged just about every form of finance there is out there. Really. So um, uh, I, I I used my my a little bit of my own money initially to get the business started because I'd, I'd sold the previous business. Um, I, I did all the things that you're not supposed to do as an entrepreneur. I maxed out every single credit card and used every piece of debt that I personally had and poured it all into the business, which is not something I recommend to other entrepreneurs because that's quite high stress at the time. Um, uh, um, but then uh, eventually, you know, used every piece of capital I had. Um, and then I had, went and found a, an, an angel investor who was willing to, to come with me for the next phase of the journey. Uh, that helped. Uh, and then crowdfunding got invented sort of, you know, Similarish time to my company got started. So, as you know, your, your listeners will know the Cedars and the Crowdcube of this world. Um, they were founded about sort of 2010, 2011. So that was just starting to be a thing. So we were one of the very first businesses to um, to crowdfund over a million pounds, which was awesome. Um, and then we think we did hmm, three and a half rounds of crowdfunding. So three equity and, and one of debt. Um, and then we moved into the point that to carry on scaling the business, we needed bigger amounts of money. So then we had a couple of VC rounds. Uh, and then recently we brought Legal and General on, who's a sort of long-term patient capital investor to, to continue to fund the business. So I, I've very much done a business that required an awful lot of capital to get to where it is today. And that involved a lot of raising money. Um, but I would also say that's not, that's not the only way to start a business. So there's many, many great businesses who've been founded and built up without using lots and lots of external capital. Um, but if you're a you know, a high technology product-based business, then probably you have to find a way to develop that product and get started with it. But um, uh, there is money out there, but raising money is an art in itself and it's certainly not easy. But um, you know, like all these things, if you need to raise money for your business, then get started because you'll get good at it over time. If you don't have a go at it, you'll never get good at it. Fantastic. And what are your ambitions for your business now uh, over the next five years? I mean, do you have five-year plans or yeah? So very, plans? very roughly. I mean, in terms of you know what what I find you tend to have is you have to have a general direction that you're going in. So you know our travel doesn't damage the earth gives us our you know a forever long-term view. That's where we eventually go to be. And then the next level down from that in my business is that we want to put a pod point everywhere you park because I think everywhere you park you can charge an electric vehicle and everyone will get an electric vehicle. Uh, and then you keep going down that until eventually you have the sort of traditional one-year financial plan, I suppose. Um, but, but really, to me, it's about making sure that your your idea is a business. It's, to me, I find it really important to have that really long-term future goal. It doesn't have a time on it. Travel shouldn't damage the earth, right? And I don't have a year of which that's got to happen. I just got something which makes me think every single day, did I do something which moved me in the direction of travel not damaging the earth? And, and I don't worry too much about how far it moved me. Um, just to, but if I do, do something, I think, do you know what? Today, that went the wrong direction. That took me away from travel not damaging the earth. Then I know not to do that anymore. So I I'm, I'm a sort of strong believer in having these sort of really long-term North Star type objectives. 
Um, uh, and, and you don't then need to have a you know, sort of 10 year detailed financial plan because the reality is those things are rubbish on the day you write them. So, you know, if you're lucky, you've got a business which is quite predictable and you can start writing a one year plan and maybe that's got some validity. But what you find as an entrepreneur, especially in the early years of your business, is that the business just twists and changes day by day. Um, and you certainly want to have some sort of idea of what you think you're doing. Um, but the reality is you're revisiting that plan on a very, very regular basis as, as you learn more about what's going on, as different inputs come in, you win a contract, something you thought was going to happen doesn't happen. You know, you manage to raise some money, you don't manage to raise some money, quickly refresh the plan. So I think entrepreneurs inherently mustn't be, in the early stages of the business, mustn't be too tightly bound to any particular plan. Be tightly bound to your objective long term. So where is it you're trying to go? And make sure that's absolutely part of what you do every single day but don't worry too much if the individual you know the path it takes you to get there involves quite a few twists and turns fantastic and um what trends do you see currently in ethical innovation i mean we've had the extinction rebellion yeah no doubt shaping the environmental world yeah. at the moment um do you see that trend continuing and and what what areas would you say would you encourage to our listeners to to go into well, I guess I'm, I'm I'm very strongly about global warming and air quality, aren't I? So, um, and, and I'm totally aware that that's not the only challenge that we all need to solve. And you know, I hope uh, a lot of the listeners are solving other ones um, as well. Um, but but what I think's been a really interesting experience is that going from um, not even niche, you know, no one really having a strong view on on um, global warming or 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 air quality type issues over a period of 10 years to it being sort of you know scientifically discovered understood by the few all the way through to today where you know it, it, it's it's common conversation on most people's lips is what's going on with the environment what's going on with global warming and um, you know you mentioned some of the sort of um, 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 campaigns that are going on around London to try and encourage the government you know it's not it's not talking about climate change that's the climate emergency isn't it and I just think that's amazing the way that over a relatively short period of time it's gone from you know something just the scientists thought about to this is a climate emergency you know the language that the population are using about this is great and i just think it means now that over time everyone has to have an element of thinking about how do my actions affect the climate and it's in the back of your mind constantly and that's how eventually we move whole countries and whole you know eventually the whole earth towards actually you've got to think about this because if we continue to damage our home planet then that's not a very uh, very clever thing to do but in reality is each of us has to have a little bit of that in our mind and do a little bit in order to help that and if we all do a little bit towards it every day we can actually solve these problems but but it's not easy we've got a long way to go fantastic and if you were thinking of setting up a business now where would you think the most impact is needed would it still be going would you still go in the same direction um so i, I don't i'd have to think very carefully about where the most impact was but i think that it's also about where you as the entrepreneur feel that you've got the ability to have an effect um, so, so, so for me again, you know, not not proposing that air quality and global warming are the, are the sole issues. They're the issues that I have spent a lot of time studying and a lot of time working in. Um, and so I would probably pick something on there. The other bit that I think is really interesting is the sort of energy transition that's going on at the moment. So, you know, we move away from um, fossil fuels. We're moving away from, uh, you know, potentially moving away from gas in terms of heating our houses. The whole thing's, everything's coming on to being done by electricity. Electricity we can create by renewable sources. Electricity is going to power all our cars as well as heat our homes. And, you know, and if we get that right, and all electricity is entirely um, renewably generated, um, and actually you can take electricity from being essentially an expensive 
expensive and scarce resource to eventually every time every day the sun comes up and solar panels create it and the wind blows and yeah. you know you get to a point where actually energy is is not really having a material cost on a per unit basis it has a capital cost to produce the solar panels and things but you don't have a cost of sale in inverted commas of energy then all of a sudden you can really come start to expand the mind of okay what does that mean then if we're, we're coming into that new world so so for me um i would be looking somewhere around that energy transition bit but but People don't need to agree with that. That's just where I've got my experience. And I think if you've got a lot of experience or a passion for a particular sector and that particular sector is, is something that the world needs, then why not combine those two things and do the same thing? Um, you know, I, I could, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot to do in sustainable fashion, for example, but it's not something that personally I'm, I'm massively excited about. So um, and if I can't get excited about it every single morning, I'm not going to be able to have an impact on it. So you've got to pick something that really speaks to you personally as well and say, well, you know, I'm really passionate about that and I know about it. That's a good place to start. Um, and if you haven't got anything that you really know about, then just pick the thing you're passionate about. Whatever you do, don't pick the thing you're not passionate about because that would be really hard to, to build a successful business within my experience. Fantastic. And um, what would you say are, are the limits to um, to uh, impact businesses at the moment? Um, I, I I don't think um, are, are there limits at all, really. I I, I guess it's, if you're creating a business, you you've got to understand that a business has to work in an economic sense, doesn't it? So it has to produce enough you know, um, revenues and eventually some profits to enable it to, to continue to exist and continue to deliver whatever the uh, other case is. But, uh, but I really think it's an exciting time to start businesses now because if I'd had this podcast with you 10 years ago, um, we just wouldn't be able to speak um, you know, about starting businesses with a mission, with a second objective other than anything other than yeah, financial. True. Um, and the fact that this is now absolutely accepted, almost to the expect, except that you know shareholders and investors in business won't consider it until yeah. it's got that. That's amazing in 10 years. That's mm. gone from this is completely no one's interested to it's a cornerstone. And mm. I just think that's wonderful. And that just means that you know entrepreneurial endeavor now, I, I go as far as saying no one should do entrepreneurial endeavor without having some element of societal good involved in what they're doing. Um, if you've got that skill, Use it to move the world forward in some way. Um, pick the bit you're good at. Pick the bit you're passionate about. But you know, what's the point of having a business if it doesn't, as well as being a business, do some good? Well, I totally agree with you, um, and I'm very, very impressed by your growth. I mean, you, your business seems to be growing year on year on year. Um, so, what's the secret to your success? Um, I, <laughs> luck, luck and timing, I think, is the correct answer for those things. So, um, I, I, I don't. Uh, I guess you just to me, it's that thing. You've just got to find something that that that, that you. If if a business is successful, and lots of businesses aren't successful, and, and some are, and, and you, I think there's almost a success bias. You end up speaking to people to a certain extent that their their business has got to a level of success. Um, but the reality is that you don't feel as you're growing your business at having these sudden step changes. I can't point to one thing that happened which made you know, a success no or failure. Shift. No paradigm shift at all. In reality, it's, it's tiny things every single day. Um, and and when, you, when you look back after a year, you look, oh, what were we doing a year ago? Okay, right, there's lots changed. You know, how much is it different to yesterday? Not that much, really. It's a bit probably a bit like today, really. But over a year, you just make an awful lot of pro progress on that. So I think, um, yeah, it, it's difficult to think of it anything other than that. But you've just got to find something that you can just pour your heart into and put 110% into every single day and make that the thing you do. Well, all I can say, Eric, is we at Centre for Entrepreneurs wish you endless success. Um, the work that you're doing, you know, changing the environment, adding value, 
it's it's incredibly inspirational and i hope that all of our listeners uh, go out and do something very similar to what the wonderful eric fairburn and podpoint are doing so thank you so much for your time thank you to our listeners for listening and we at Centre for Entrepreneurs and PodPoint. Wish you all the best in your endeavours. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and think you have an entrepreneurial backbone, why not join our NEF Fast Track programme? Have a look at our website and social media for updates on this. If you wish to become a partner company or join the entrepreneurial ecosystem, why not come to one of our events? We very much look forward to meeting you.